To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. You can check us out at to be continued, a fanboypodcast.com. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also listen to us on our various platforms on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. in this uh this podcast right now we're talking jerry lee lewis died by the way that, so that's, that's true um, that's true great balls of fire great balls of fire and that's why and, he mentioned and and yet and looking. yet and yet randy quaid still lives i know dennis quaid played him but i'm just saying and yet randy quaid is still alive <laughs> yeah i was like wait a minute that's dennis quaid not randy quaid you know for a long time it took me a while to realize that they were brothers okay and we're back. <laughs> we are back. This is to be continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. And we're going to have some fun here on this lovely November 1st here in New York City. A Welcome balmy 68 to degrees. November. <laughs> no November. Wait, wait, hold on. Here's the thing. I've seen... No. Are you doing no nothing? I have heard, I've heard there's, there, there's no... what. It's no shave what? Movember, which is the you know you don't shave for more that which is a movement for I think uh, some cancer like whatever right so but that turned into no nut November and now there is like no nut November uh, that's like people do, uh, you know uh, abstain from all sexual excretions no mostly for the male because it's the same thing with the shaving thing it's like okay. okay don't do that and now there's like. I saw some hashtag on Twitter which was like over nut November. It's like nut every day November. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, do you want to know why we're on this subject? Do you want to know, audience, why we're on this the subject? Insider view. It's because out of nowhere, out of nowhere, <laughs> my co-host I Edward Ng. I didn't start it. Edward Ng. John did. Is John is setting us up here, and John is like, we're talking about. Oh, we're going to talk about this. We're not going to talk about that. And he's like, hey, I really like the how you guys, you know, do a little, you know, this little pregame here before the show starts. And then Ed, I don't know, goes says something about licking balls. No. Hey, if we're going to be licking each okay, other's look, balls, look, let's just backtrack here, okay? John was saying, yeah, you know, when I was young. uh, Ed used to tell me all the time, no glove, no love. And I'm like, yeah, because you, I've known you since you were nine. And then, like, you started dating girls. Right, okay. And I was like. Okay, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. We're just having you, okay, blah, blah, blah. And a little nostalgic reminiscence. And then it was like, John is doing this stuff. He's setting he's setting things up. And then he's uh, like, oh, I like the way you guys are pre-gaming the show. And I want to just say, though, I'm sorry to interrupt because we were just <laughs> saying when I was young, you know. Ed watched me grow and mature into a teenager and then a young adult. Right, giving you and, uh, and the Ed, good advice. I just want to say live on air, Ed, uh, I want to say thank you. And uh, because of you, I don't have like six different baby mamas and uh, baby mama drama. So there thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's this has been brought to you by the Abstinence Council. I, 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 I consider consider this to be the luckiest Right, no, no, you don't deserve any Lou Gehrig's. You deserve Lou Gehrig's disease. 
Okay, because uh, you again out of nowhere. What were what were you going for when after he says I liked the, the way he you guys used pre-game. the word? Well, he's used the word pregame. And you're like, yeah. So now we know what I get. I guess that and your mind, you're the one. You're you the went one. right to. You're, you're the one. You're you. Miguel, you go right to fluffing. To, you go no, right to. No. What is the pre- like, pregame for a porno? each other's dicks, and I'm like, no, I don't. Like, like, I'm like, whoa. No, I don't know. You, I just like going. some. I just like some light, light, light tongue on the testicles. Is that what you? <laughs> no, not November, ladies and gentlemen. No, not November. This is to be continued, a fanboy podcast. Uh, I, we went off the rails here. We have a lot to cover today. A lot to cover today. Um, Talking about No Nut November, we're going to talk about Henry Cavill. We're going to talk, yeah. So I can't, and you know we, what? We, yeah, I'm that, turned on already. That's, well, this is this is like a Kramer bit. It's like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> the second Henry Cavill is mentioned, I'm so out. How, I'm out. how do you do No Nut November and talk about Henry Cavill? It's impossible. 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 So... Uh, <laughs> We're going to cover a lot of stuff today. We're going to cover um, all of this sto- story about Henry Cavill coming back as Superman, James Gunn taking over for uh, DC Films with uh, um, Saffron as his uh, uh, sort of like co-head. Peter Saffron. And a little, a little movie known as Black Adam. Black Adam that's been in work since apparently Obama was in the White House. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're also going to talk about um, uh, Obama in the movie. What's that? You see Obama in the movie? Is that? I will not be surprised because because of the way that you could do a really good deep fake mm. with Obama as Black Adam. I think you could do it. Yeah, we could. Well, it's certainly, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, no, tell him the man in black, such a right. We're talking about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, the, uh, the trailer. trailer that dropped. Yes, and also and some um, other casting news from Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, we will be talking to a friend of so friend of the, the show, King Jeremy of Star Wars. Martin, the King of Star Wars, uh, covering uh, Tales of the Jedi and uh, some of Andor, uh, which is in the middle. But uh, and, and we you know what? I got a fever. <laughs> well, okay, and the only and thing is only I- one prescription, and that's more yaddle. I need vitamin Y. <laughs> <laughs> I need some yaddling in diet. I went to my doctor. Like, explore the space. <laughs> explore the space because I need more yaddle. Yes. So uh, we will be talking about that and more when we come back after these words from friends. Ghost Dog Studio. Another friend of the show, or should I say the mother of To Be Continues a Fanboy Podcast website, Tamara, runs Ghost Dog Studio. From film scoring and editing where imagination, sound, and ideas converge. That's ghostdogstudio.com. Go to ghostdogstudio.com. Freddy's Bar, a Brooklyn local institution located at 652 Fifth Avenue, Park Slope, Brooklyn. If you're thirsty and if you're looking to support local artists and musicians, come on over to Freddy's or check them out at freddysbar.com. Now, Johnny, you and I, we've played gigs there, right? Yeah. And they've got a whole back room full of live entertainment. So after a long week at working from home during these times, close up and come hang out with your buddies at Freddy's Bar. That's freddysbar.com. Now, we're doing something a little unusual here uh, because, look, uh, originally this was planned as a sort of a Black Adam review. And uh, the truth is, the review is, in my opinion, not that long. It 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 starts and ends with it's just not that good. Well, you know, 
I mean, Miguel, I, like you came in and you're like, no, let's talk about the uh, House of Dragons. I'm like, well, you know, we're here at the show. We're always trying to balance time and content. And yes, there is a lot of content, but then there's also you know, the time aspect to it. Uh, and uh, to cover, yes, we will eventually cover the House of the Dragon finale. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, there's just a lot on our plate right now. So, yeah, so... But what works, what we're going to work here is we're going to dovetail a criticism, you know, talking about this movie, but also talking about the two stories that are the, big that dovetail with it, which are the fact that uh, Peter Safran and James Gunn have now just been announced as sort of the head of DC Comics Co-heads. Films. Co-heads. Uh, uh, own division with under War- in, in Warner Brothers. Under David Zasloff, the uh, new CEO. Which is right. very similar to the, sort of the setup of, of where Kevin Feige was. Uh, with Marvel in terms of the layers of, you know, bureaucracy, mm-hmm. you know, between these two, you know, these these men. Uh, the return of Henry Cavill, which was a very poorly kept secret uh, at, in the role of Superman, which he appears at the end of this film in a post-credit scene. And what this sort of pretends uh, going forward. So I think we can cover all of that in this discussion. <laughs> he just wants to wipe it off. Of because, look, 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 <laughs> look, as a joke between me and Ed, we've joked about how long this Black Adam project was in the offing. That The Rock was still, I believe. We became a- friends. I think we first became friends <laughs> no, around the time. It was eight years, about eight it's years like, later. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, you uh, you do martial arts? Yeah, I do martial arts. How about you? Yeah. Well, what are those gloves there? What is it, some night, night wing shit you got going Wait, on? Wait, hold on. We gotta, there has to be some Limp Biscuit playing in the oh, background yeah. to, to give us the right time frame. <laughs> it's like, you know, Limp Biscuit was big. In the year 2000, in the, in the late uh, 2001, 2002. <laughs> Uh, and in a, a little place known as New York Institute, New York Institute of Martial Arts. But okay, so this is a film that's been it's been in the works for a while. It's been through a lot of you know script changes again and again. But The Rock was you know maintained his connection to it for the longest period of time. I heard fifteen years in the making. Well, since again, well, since, like, since he like started talking about doing, it. Again, before that, like it's, in terms years. of development, yeah. we're talking about like early two thousand two. So conceivably two thousand one, two thousand two, literally right around the well, time like when I we said, first about two thousand and eight uh, is when the announcement was. I yeah, believe. yeah, yeah. Okay, two thousand eight. My sad, son wasn't born yet. <laughs> the sad thing about you guys, the the mark, the 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 signpost of your friendship, the beginning of your friendship. Is that it was like yeah, it was like right around the time of nine eleven. Okay, all right. We became best friends. Are you blaming us for nine eleven? You know what? Because I'm not. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be blamed. <laughs> I, I'm not are, taking it. You guys don't know. You know. You don't know what I was up to, guys. You know, there could have uh-huh. been a lot of dark, <laughs> terrible secrets. So. Anyway, this is a film that's been a long time in the offing, and point blank, long and short, as I said, is it's just not that good. Now. An awkward what project I, to begin with, too. A, yeah, it's a, but I don't. I think that it is a project that had its merits. I think you could do a good anti-hero story with this character, especially as he was, um, w- where he was in the early two thousands. I told you that the Jeff Johns run on the JSA, which is where a lot of this is becoming um, from, is a part. It's something that's dear to my heart. The Rock is a good cast for it. You can do a good story with what this film wants to do, which is like, hey, if there's a Superman-level character, what happens when he's not Superman, when he does whatever he wants to do and there's no accountability? Back up a little. Let's talk numbers. Okay. Budget, uh, 195 to $200 million. 
as of today, I think this is like the second week. We're talking about maybe 12 days in uh, 250.2 million. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's already taking a hit and it's going to, it's conceivably like in terms of dipping, yeah. it's dipping really, really fast. Yeah. And it's um, be I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a, a major hit, but it'll probably, yeah. It'll, but for a lot of really rational reasons, it's like Black Adam. No one knows who Black Adam is off the bat. Uh, they, they can, they, that's the you rock know. will be enough to carry it across yeah. the, as he does with a lot of these projects that he's a part of. Yeah. As I said, you overall, take a terrible or not a terrible, but an unknown movie throws someone like The Rock in, and you just hope because it's The Rock, yeah, that it's gonna like double, triple the, the yeah. And the, he, you know, he that's he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of like big, huge, like you know. Regardless, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I I want to get the review part of this out of the way because it's just not. It is not a particularly well-made movie. In the sense that you have a, the real sense I got of was, oh my God, this is a script that got ripped to shreds and reconstituted a billion times in that turnaround hell that it was in for, it's not, oh, we're putting it off for another year, putting it off for another year, putting it off another year. And during that period of time, they go through all these different script changes and, oh, we were going to do this and we have to do this now. Oh, because we're not doing this now, because we're not doing this anymore, we have to change this in the script because it's part of their whole DCEU nonsense. Okay. Long and short is there are ideas in this movie. There are ideas in this script that are worth talking about, worth doing in this type of superhero movie with this type of oh, character. There's a lot worth talking about in this scene because, you know, again, the, let's, the, the little pieces and bits, Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate. Great stuff. Uh, Aldous Hodge. And, you know, like when I, as I'm with, preparing my notes for this, I said to myself, Alice Hodge, you know, like he's he's Hawkman in this. He's Carter Hall, a fan favorite. I mean, in terms of DC characters, you know, keep your eye on this guy because he's already done a lot of things, you know, and he's always working. Um, leverage. Uh, Fine. Um, but do you think he'll be doing anything in the DCU after this? I don't think I so. I hope he does. I mean, yeah, but just because it's Hawkman and he's. He's serviceable in the part, but the part as written is not particularly great. That is great. correct. That I agree with. He, now, you look, know what, how they could use him is not great that Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Okay. Right? I mean, there was not a lot of there, but yet we love watching him as Wolverine. Yeah. I, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I, movies, I'm not going to compare Al to how they, how they but, use him. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, like critically speaking and yeah, as yeah. a fan, the X-Men movies were just like complete trash. Yeah, they were terrible. You know? And, and yet, at the same time, they were really he, Okay, he was fine, but I don't think you can even, he's not... Hugh it's, Jackman, is this a, is Hugh Jackman? Sorry, but Hugh Jackman and The Rock are kind of the same. It's like we're gonna see this because we love Hugh Jackman, right? Yeah, and he, even though they didn't write that well for him, even though the movies weren't that great, but we love Hugh Jackman but, that much. Well, what I mean and by they this, we're hoping that for The Rock too. Now, now yeah. here's the thing: I'm not talking about The Rock. Yeah. I'm not talking about Dwayne. No, I'm talking about yeah. Aldous Hodge, right? Because um, as an, like, uh, and this is what I said to you: It's like you know, how did he play this? He played this as a, as a very prickly. The very Carter Hallish type of yeah, character. Yeah, fine. Like okay, okay, where I know you want to wipe this off the plate. I know <laughs> I you do. His, you're, he, he, you're, <laughs> I'm like the fork is going like the knife is really scraping the plate, and I'm holding your I'm holding your hand. You really are. Okay, all right. Uh, but okay, I would. Uh, my point is this: is that okay? I think Carter Hall. Dr. Fate, Cyclone, and Adam Smasher, these JSA characters that are in there as part of the story, they feel like they probably weren't there when this story was originally pitched and done. Mm. They feel like things that were rejiggered and added on, and, then, and that's why they come off so poorly, why they feel so misplaced in this movie. 
on multiple levels. Yes, you don't have to raise your hand, Julian. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, don't, I just don't want to be in the habit of interrupting. No, right, you're no problem. Uh, By the way, that's a line from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a line from the, from the movie. So do you, but do you think the reason why this movie didn't do as good as it could have was because the fate of Superman wasn't really well established? No, no, no that's the last no. 10 years. They no, no, no. Like, do we scratch this is a Superman? separate this is we, this is a separate thing this is but, completely separate it has nothing to do there's no jump off there's no uh, no 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 no, no, but no. There, all right let me I, ask you this potentially though later if it did well wouldn't they have to interact though wouldn't they have to be a movie eventually where they have yeah. to interact Yes. So could that be part of it? No, 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 no. Yeah. Look, first off, first off, just oh, again, I think the original plan was always post credit something yeah. with Superman. And I don't think and I don't think you've seen the post credit scene. Like, haven't John, you haven't seen any of it, right? Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. Spoilers, people, you know, Henry so, Cavill shows up in the last yeah, uh, less literally, than two minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah. Right? And that's it. Now, um, Is there a giant fighter. Now, like what? No, we no, don't get none that. None at no. all. None oh, at all. A it's a setup. It's, it's, a, setup it's of, a setup. So okay, we need to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, what happens is, um, uh, 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 I've been getting a lot of complaints from the insurance companies, and it's very conceivable that while this project was conceived and, and written and put together, Henry Cavill is not even. Uh, we no one even knew. Remember this film. This film's initial this, this script and all the stuff. Predates when Henry Cavill yeah. was even Superman. Two thousand. Henry Cavill filmed okay. this maybe. Uh, let's we're, say again, uh, we're getting we're getting off tra- we're getting off track here. Mm. I believe that this script was rejiggered and re- re- reshaped a billion times over. Mm. Why do you think that is? Though? I, I, I think because it was well. First of all, because the Rock is, was too busy during that period of time, so it was. Oh hey, I'm not gonna be ready to do. I'm not gonna do this film yet. Oh hey, look, Dwayne, um, we're going in this direction with DC stuff right now. Okay, well hey, do whatever you got to do to the script. I don't think he, as is shown with a lot of Rock's films, I don't think he really cares that much about the script. I do think that there originally was in this script a good story, mm-hmm. doing some good commentary that would have been interesting. Under the again, under the whole idea of hey, we have a Superman level character who is not Superman. And that's not and Shazam. And again, that is. And by the way, I don't know if you realize he's he's a Shazam. He's a villain. Shazam. He's a villain. Shazam villain. He is empowered by the exact same way that Shazam is empowered. The power of gods, you know, given to this person who speaks the word and says the word Shazam and is then transformed, right? And again, he's not Superman. He doesn't have those morals. He doesn't have the end. If you deal with the idea of, oh, hey, what would that be like? It could be frightening when in this movie, one of the few plaudits I'll give it is when they give this whole like, hey, here's this country that's been like overtaken by this, you know, international terrorist organizations that in the comics is backed by extraterrestrial technology. (laughs) When he is unleashed in this country and allowed to, you know, just like go off on all the mooks. It's It's scary. It's scary. It's like you remember how what Superman looked like in Man of Steel. Well, imagine that only he doesn't he doesn't give a fuck. Okay. There's something to be said about the things in the movie where they're like, oh, hey, this is a Mediterranean Middle Eastern country that is talking about how, hey, we have a person of our own now that is a Superman level character who is taking, you know, who is our champion. That's part of the, the, the narrative of the story. And they're all like to the heroes that are coming to stop him in this version of the script anyway. They're like, 
you're coming here to do this, but you didn't you didn't give a crap about when we were taken over by this evil, you know, and our lands were and our resources were exploited. Like this is explicit in the script. So there's a theme of like, but it's you know, not well done. This is the thing. It's, None it's, of those things outside of, of how he looks in it's theme, fighting it's a are theme well done. Of, uh, of 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 oppression from like something something that's Military there, right? Coups. Military, right? You know, yeah. which is faceless, completely Trump's faceless. Right. Yeah. Now I want to get to the part was was and and you know Miguel is great and always citing the narrative um, uh, narrative issues in this. For me, it's like the little things. They're just throwing stuff in, right? From something called the Justice Society of America, which is um, which is a, a Justice League before the Justice League. In, in, within the, the League of within, Nations. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, actually, he, he's yeah. not right. The Justice Society is like the League of Nations before the UN. It's oh, yeah, okay, super, you know, yeah, right. it was, They were a superhero team from the 40s and 50s yeah. who were the World War II era characters. And they're throwing them in here. They threw them in just, just nilly-willy. And they now, as I told you before, in. Black Adam had a connection with the Justice Society in later the early on. 2000s. Right. Later on, but in the early 2000s, when this script was initially mm-hmm, done, mm-hmm. where I could understand why there would be some fitting of those characters. But they come off as unnecessary. They're four characters and kind of annoying. within the Justice Justice Society of the JSA, right? You know, which is and by the way, uh, for you guys, for you folks who are already fans of Star Girl, which just got canceled, that's a very JSA uh, heavy show. Here they throw in Doctor Fate, they throw in Hawkman, literally throw in a character named Adam Smasher, uh, played by Noah Center Centennia, whatever. Who is basically if you took Tom Holland and Paul Rudd and you put them together? Yeah, they that's well, who you yeah, get. they wanted that energy of that and type a of girl named Cyclone. G. Willikers, kind of like right. okay, and also as I told you again, the GSA stuff is in the comics. This character, Adam Smasher, and Black Adam have a connection where they they get a mentor mentee thing at some point. And because it's all like, oh, hey, Black Adams is the I'm willing to kill guy. He's the I'm willing to go all out guy. And Adam Smasher is going through some stuff and he starts agreeing with them and it's blah, blah, blah. Regardless, and, and it, here in this film, there's like two lines where you say, OK, obviously that's a leftover from when this script had more of that in it. But it doesn't have any payoff. They shouldn't have been in here. You could have done this movie probably just with Dr. Fate. You didn't need Hawkman. You didn't need Cyclone. You didn't need as it, no, as a character who is sort of like trying to bring Black Adam be the angel on his shoulder, to, and that's all. You, I, honestly, that's all you probably only need. And well, simplified, and then you would have had more room for other things like maybe developing that female character of uh, uh, more, making the kid not as baseline annoying as he was, and maybe exploring the whole like, hey. It it kind of makes sense ruling this country, not ruling, letting the people that it kind of yeah. makes sense that you're throwing in Hawkman because uh, Hawkman, you could, you could, Adam yes. and, and Doctor Fate, they're very Egypto- Egyptological type of characters, right? There's, so there's a tie to that. But you get Cyclone and Adam and Smasher. Smasher. By the way, if you're watching this movie, there's a scene where they just decide to throw in. Hey, you know who is the the classic Adam, Adam Smasher in the movie? Because he's a legacy. Uh, the Adam Smasher, well, Adam Smasher is, is a legacy character. Is the nephew of the original Adam, played by Henry Winkler. Yes. So here's the thing. The scene is this. Oh, hi there. Right. You know, it's like uh, now you're gonna do this and that. It is Henry Winkler 
the way we know him today, who's like, and, and, yeah, he and, like and a, the way you know, the guy, who does, a lot, man, the, the right, guy that know? does a lot of like these TikToks of him fishing <laughs> in Montana that everyone's like, oh, I was the Fonz. And it's like, and literally all they did was they probably said, well, what do I got to do? It's like, just film it like you normally film a TikTok <laughs> and we'll integrate that into the movie. That's what they did, John. It literally is just like a phone call. He's having regard. Again, you're, I don't, and that's what I'm saying. It doesn't add anything because this. This film no, but is again. I'm whole, I'm grabbing your hand as you're pushing the veg, the vegetables off the plate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and because I'm like, no, let's look at the vegetables that are on the plate first. They're well, they, that's what I'm saying. This is <laughs> this is not even vegetables. This is all this is all gristle. <laughs> this is scrapple. It's scrap. Scrapple's good. It's sometimes. scrapple. Scrapple's good. Sometimes if you make it right, but not this way. Uh, that is true. Um, ultimately, like I said, the problem comes down to um, that this script probably needed to be simplified. I get what they're going for. In this film, what they're going for is Terminator 2. Yeah, or at least yeah, that's yeah, the original yeah. intention. Is a kid the Rock involved. is doing, I am this sort of, not, he's, again, in, while he's not a robot, it's supposed to be this guy who is like, I don't want to be the hero, and I don't want to be the, I'm not the good guy, I'm not the champion, and this kid who's all rah, 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 you know, like, no, you got to do this, you got to, and I'm going to teach you to be a better person, all the you know, I'm going to make you hip. Okay, if you had a better performer and a better written part for that kid, maybe. But like I said, I was like the second I saw him with a skateboard, I was like, oh my god! And they put that's... a cape on him later on, you know. And, and look, the setup is there from the comics of Adam marrying the, the 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 mother character. She becomes Mighty Isis. The kid, I forget what the Black Adam. Captain Marvel Junior. Does character she become my, um, uh, uh, yes, Isis? That's what. Look, that's all. Th what they could. But it's do. not in there. It's, it's not a, in this movie. It's not in this movie. But I think that that's how, you, I believe we'll get into how this plays into the other stuff later on. So you could do the Terminator 2 thing. You could do the champion of the people thing. You can do the whole, none of it is done well in this movie. And there are, it, it's, I think the only thing I recommend about it is the fact that I think that the first two thirds of it have these sequences where Black Adam, where they really, do a great payoff to the idea of this is a Superman level character, and that would be and those scenes frightening. Where he's fighting that would be frightening. I'll have to say that, and and I I really uh, compare this to like maybe like a Transformers movie, which I really didn't like. I didn't enjoy, but um, but you look at the the way Black Adam fights, and you 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 described it as this, Miguel, which is uh, a Zack Snyder type of you yeah. know fighting style you know which is like very very super speed and stuff like that everything's grabbed on and tapped in from that right source. and then we get those we get those slow motion parts and everything yeah. so he's very like, he's presented that and it is genuinely like oh that would be like frightening that could be frightening yeah. i also think that this director or uh, call it sarah um he was tapped to do the flash film if i'm remembering correctly and uh, that was that last minute. That was during that whole period where it was like, oh, where things are going to flow from the Snyder no, Justice no, League. I, I think that's a bad idea. I think you should do a Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> but, but okay, Cruise. so, but I think that he had put in a lot of time and effort in what he was planning to do with Flash, and then it got taken away from him, and I think he probably applied some of that to these Black Adam sequences. Was this a um, kind of like a, let's call it a casualty of 
of what suffering going through this stuff during COVID. Like this project was about to come out pre-COVID, and, as we, and then as we just, said, two thousand and eight. This thing has been planning. I know. The script, I know. I understand. The problems here are uh, the problems are all script based in this mm-hmm. movie. The effects are fine. Um, production values are fine. I think The Rock is fine no, in no, this no. part. Let, let me say this about the CGI and the effects, okay? The whole entire movie is in this, um, uh, it has this feel and look and um, this, this filter where everything's very brownish yellow. It's trying to, that's you know? both trying to cover up for the use of green screen yeah, that also does yeah, make yeah. it a little noticeable. S- right. This know. is that, look, look, the, I don't think there was any on location filming done with this not, movie right. okay you but, know, they didn't go any yeah, to but any because good, of like, that i think it i like like again the the fighting stuff can be good in some scenes yeah. and then some but then scenes, you'll go back and it'll be like oh this looks like this looks berlanti-esque this looks like tv movies yeah. uh i will say this um the fights with hawkman and or even doc dr fate mm-hmm. um i really enjoyed watching i think that Dr. Fate especially is one of the better aspects of this movie. Mm. Pierce Brosnan cast as the part is great. How they present him, how he uses his powers, everything about him. I The best thing I can say about this is they he's not a Dr. Strange ripoff. He no. has in no way it, he evokes um, Benedict, Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange. And to the point where I said... It's a shame his character dies in this movie, and I'm going like, that's a goddamn shame because I would love to see. He's the one. He's a very, he's a very bright spot in an otherwise lackluster film. He's 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 very regal in this, and yet at the same time, I'm like, uh, wait, is that another like 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 silk robe that you're wearing, Pierce? <laughs> he's wearing. So they're in the in the in Hawkman's Thanagarian ship. I'm going to say Thanagarian ship, okay? Yeah. The 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 the, the Hawk. So we don't ship really know, right? Um, and I'm like, that's another silk robe you're wearing, right? That's not that. That's on and the ascot, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh, well, he has a driver when he's introduced. He's yeah. in a limo. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he's not there. He's not been into Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch is strange. He's a he's a he's a different sort altogether. Um. And I enjoyed that. I get. I enjoyed. I thought The Rock is right. He's doing what was written and also what the character should be. He's doing that pretty good. And they have a whole thing about his backstory with his son. Yada yada yada. That also. I think bare bones of it is a good idea. But you bring up the Berlanti aspect of it. And I'm like, there are scenes. And Anytime I mean, Cyclone Ber- and Adam uh, Smasher when, I, when we mean a Berlanti-esque scene, basically it's like people just standing around, staring at something and folding their arms. Right, right? exactly. Th- they have this here where it's like, oh, there's going to be a, dis- a holographic display in the center of the, in the, in the, in the. Uh, uh, here's where we do our exposition and we talk about what our mission is. Right. You know, and that's and here's and where I here, give give the pep talks for how hands how, how to the side, do. fold your arms. Here's the part. Just, here's the part where I talk about how I'm a genius young girl, and here's the part where I'm kind of uh, awkward. But you know, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna flirt with the girl. You know, right? Like, photo whatever. op here, here, and it photo photo ops, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 and they're part of this the script that feels entirely superfluous, especially considering that this is a world where. You have the, this is the, I, what I said, this film starts off as like, oh, Kandak, this country in the Middle East has been taken over by Intergang, and you're going like, that's kind of feels like something the Justice League should be involved in, that apparently they just let happen? It's just, everything with cool beans. Okay. Right. Where are we by the, when this movie ends? 
Can I talk about just okay? So, one, uh, one more thing, one more thing one, about one more the ending, thing. which more is basically this. more vegetables. So, John, what happens? <laughs> more vegetables. What happens is like um, uh, the director, I think, right before, like in one of the scenes, he draws from Superman two, which is basically Superman's dead. Let's go get him. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight the uh, the, the the villains. Uh, grab a stick and everyone. The mob just starts coming there. They they pull that, which is basically um, the villain in this Sabak. He gains magical powers, right? And he raises the dead. Like somehow these demons come out of an army of zombies. Of zombies. <clears throat> and then the people of Kandak. Uh, Kandak they rise up they in, rise in up five minutes to beat them with sticks. With sticks and pipes led right? by the kid right. on the skateboard. Yeah, right? okay. And they're like, you know, let's go get him. Freedom. <laughs> so, John, Miguel, liberation is what? Liberation is against the zombies. That's then, what emancipation is. And then is. they emancipate themselves from the zombies and inner gang. And like, they're all like, oh, you should be the king of this country again, I guess. And he sits in, a, he sits in the throne. And then it's like, this. how does it feel? It feels, feels wrong. wrong. He destroys the throne. Is like, you don't need a ruler. Or I'll be Democracy your. for all. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. democracy. I and, shall name you the new king of England. Right. And then yes. he's, yeah. And then, like, literally is that. And then it's like, okay, post credit. Amanda Waller is like, okay, hey, look, if you want to. She sends a little, little message. Like, that basically says, look, all right, you overthrew this, you overthrew this corrupt regime here, whatever. You got um, my attention. You got our attention as long, because in the middle of the movie, he. He agrees with the Justice Society when they confront him at one point of like, because it's like, oh, everyone thinks I'm a champion because the twist is they think he is this ancient champion. Really the truth is, no, 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 no. Well, no, originally, because the idea is like, oh, there was this young boy who was a slave who was given magical powers and he overthrew the evil king, right? Moses. He's like, and as they tell the story, you're like, oh, I guess he's the kid. And, you know, there are all these allusions to it. And there are these, all of these um, statues to the champion of this land, the Kandak. And then what you find out is Black Adam is the champion's father. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. fact, what happened was, is the boy was the champion. He did all these great things. He was a superhero of his time. And then his enemies found out where his family were, you know, attempt to kill them, kill the mother, attempt to kill the father. The father is dying. The boy, in, as the champion says, I can save your life by giving you the power. And when he does that, oh, the evil king's enemies kill the boy when he's in mortal form, and that's what sets the father off. On a and, the fa and again, the father is not, a, he's not a young boy pretending to be a hero. He's a grieving, traumatized man who- Getting who, vengeance. Getting vengeance. So we get to that point in the film where that's revealed, and it's like, okay, hey, I guess I shouldn't be given, like, just be given free reign with this power. I am from a different time. I'm all this, blah, 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 blah. He gives himself over to Amanda Waller, and they're like, okay, we'll put you in like a black prison site and keep you in suspended animation until we can figure out what the fuck is going on with you, right? So that's like the midpoint where, oh, the hero is off the table and he's got to come back in the third act. He comes back in the third act. So now he's free again. And Amanda Waller's like, okay, hey, look, you don't want to stay in our prison? That's cool. As but long as you stay where you are. In this country. You stay within these, within these borders. Yeah. That's cool. You don't. And we're going to have words. A no fly zone. 
Basically, and, and Black and, and, Adam says, "Well, you know what? I'm the most powerful. Pl- you don't got anything on this planet. planet, like because he's been out of right, circulation. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you know, they don't got any, like any face, and he faced those Justice Society members. So he's like, they didn't like. You don't got anything that can like face me. And she's like, well, I can call on shit from other planets, and that's you know, and that's Superman goes up, and he's like, we need to talk. All right, it's not that good. Now we get to the vegetables actually are interesting. Vegetables are off the plate. Now we got to get what's actually Dessert. interesting when talking about this project uh, very, very quickly. The House of L lives. La- ladies and gentlemen. Oh. By the way, uh, so going back maybe two weeks when the announcement of Henry, um, by, the, by the way, you just said it before, which is Henry Cavill returning as Superman has been a re- poorly kept secret, right? Because... Uh, it was leaked all over all over social media. It was leaked on on YouTube. In all I honesty, said, it was- I said it to Miguel. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I this. I said this. I was like to Jeremy and Miguel. I said, dude, I possess the video. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> would you like to see? And it's and it's Henry Cavill. And I'm like, I I looked at I, I said to Jen, I'm like, oh my, we were having dinner at the time. It's like. Oh my God! It's happening. An insight. What? what? An insight into this marriage. Henry Cavill's. <laughs> Henry Cavill's returned, and from that point on. And then Jen rolled her eyes. From that point on, <laughs> clean your plate, Ed. All right, just John. I just started Brooklyn first House of House of L, the Church of House of L. Where we praise the the, the, the risen last son. <laughs> and this is the thing. Okay, he is. Uh, we are returning and getting Henry Cavill announced returning as Superman. Okay. We also get this announcement, another secret that was not quite a secret. Now, for a few months now, we've been getting these talk of James Gunn, who, you know, everyone knows from Guardians of the Galaxy, working at Marvel. There was a period where he was going to be given his own sort of like fief them within the Marvel Universe, which was going to be like, you're doing Guardians of the Galaxy and you're going to do all our cosmic space stuff. He ran into a brick wall of some controversy, some tweets and other things, and he got fired. He got then he got rehired. He got while he was he got uncanceled, and while he was uncanceled, he popped out um, a movie for DC where he does Suicide Squad. Oh, then he spins off from Suicide Squad. Isn't Suicide Squad terrible though. Here's the thing. It was terrible. I absolutely will not say it was a good movie. It was terrible. And he spun off from that terrible movie, in my opinion, The Peacemaker from The Peacemaker Show that was on HBO Max. I got a lot of which, good reviews. Which I will say that I did watch, and we haven't even talked about it on the show, but but it was like, uh, no, I, I hate this. I, I hate this idea. I hate this project. And then I'm going to see what's ha- going to happen in the next episode. <laughs> Every episode came, became that. Like, I hate this show. I want to see what's going on in the next episode. <laughs> And next thing you know, I'm like... He's writing a blog. And next thing yeah, I'm writing a blog. I'm like, God damn, I, I can't stand John Cena. Oh, what's... But you kept, when is season two coming out? When is season two coming out? <laughs> I really felt that way. And by and, the way, the um, James Gunn's new wife, uh, who is a character on Peacemaker, she's in... She makes an appearance in this, and we'll get in, to that, in, okay? In Black Adam so movie. James nice. Gunn... Also, uh, something important about that Peacemaker project. What's and up with directors and like their wives like hooking up with? Uh, it happens the, yeah, anyway. Yeah, they love. They like Tim. Tim. I'm gonna get another Tim. I'm gonna get Tim into Burton. that and Tim Burton. I'm gonna get into that specifically when we talk about Tim's his wife. So directors. What we have then going forward is also Cuck important. It. What's Cuck important it. here is also <laughs> that his Peacemaker show and his Suicide Squad both are emphatically. In the Snyder verse of the DCEU, they're not something different. Oh. They're taking from those characters. There's no recasting. He had 
Miller as Flash and Momoa as Aquaman appear in his Peacemaker show. Yeah. There is no let's break away from Snyder's characters and all the key is in, in tacitly endorsing that. And then we also have to have the fact that, you know, he's taking over DC and they're bringing back Snyder's Superman. And that's the thing. There was a, now, let's also. Snyder versus uh, I, I, We, we yeah. preface this. I said, James Gunn has nothing to do. We can safely say had nothing to do with this Black Adam movie. Yes. That's the other part. You know, that this, this, this is Black a David, Adam this is a, um, a, um, uh, what's the name? The previous regime. Yeah, you're right. Doesn't important who it. And, but what it, Superman shows up and says, uh, we've been reviewing your tweets (laughs) and you must be stopped. Um, so yes, this is not a, this is a black Adam was not under his auspices or Saffron's auspices. And I think that that plays into what has been the, what is going to be the narrative, which is, I don't think he is going to scrap the Snyderverse scrap anything I think he's going to say okay what do we have in play what are we going to do I think it's more and, of and just can we, salvaging and, of right. what and, is and, the, and you mentioning that his wife who appeared in that Peacemaker show and appeared in this Black Adam movie mm-hmm. as part of Amanda Waller's you know metahuman crew whatever well the Amanda Waller thing who I think we can say is like a Nick Fury type of the right. DC Universe even she's she she's appeared in Peacemaker, right? Right. Her daughter, Amanda Wall, has a daughter. Right. Who, a character he, is so is so he has these things where he has a, a connection to something that he can use that will be a connective tissue. Correct. To all this, um, he's definitely going to give more jobs to his wife. I'm sorry, just point blank. <laughs> so there's no end to the Snyder verse, apparently. And the next project going forward for Superman is likely going to be some sort of Superman Black Adam. I am not going to be surprised if there is a post-credit sequence for this Fury of the Gods movie. It, that has, like Superman, like I said, the most simplest thing in my mind would be, you know, the Shazam, the Shazam family have their adventure. Ha ha, we did what we ever did. They're in the backyard having a barbecue. Isn't life grand? And then... You know, falling out of the sky into a crater is Superman, and he's got, like, lightning scars on his chest, and it's like, what happened? Who could take out Superman? And they look up, and there's Black Adam, and it's like, oh, okay, and now we're going to have Superman and the Shazam family versus Black Adam, and as I said, I believe Black Adam and Mighty Isis and the Black Adam uh, Jr. character. But I think overall, like, the like the takeover uh, or the, the new installment of Gun and Saffron, you know, um, this is this is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, any focus would be gun, a good thing. Gun and Fai are tight. They're still pals. Yeah. And then you now that going into a whole discussion about Nathan Fillion. I think we have. I think we have because to. James Gunn and Nathan Fillion go way, way back. James Gunn has the na- the keys to Nathan Fillion, and yes. everyone has wanted Nathan Fillion to play. What What's your problem with Nathan Fillion? No, I'm just saying, you know. What's your problem with Nathan? Whoa. I don't know. What is that energy? No, because John (laughs) had this energy of like, what? I don't know. So what is it? What are you going to say? Well, you know, they, you know, they definitely have done some orgies and stuff together. (laughs) Okay. All right. That was, I stopped for that. PG porn, which by the way is available on YouTube. There's nothing to do with that. And that got canceled. No, um, but because Fillion. We're talking about Castle, right? Yes. We're talking about Castle. Nathan Fillion. Or The Rookie. And we're talking about, of course, Firefly. <laughs> but this is the thing, John. 
Nathan Fillion has been fan cast as this character, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, forever. He did the voiceover work for him for a bunch of DC animated projects. At this point, he's a little long in the tooth, but I firmly believe that James Gunn is the kind of guy who would be like, this is something all fans always wanted. Look, the DC has a problem with the with the, the MILF group. Okay. The, and know, they need Nathan, that. Nathan, Nathan will bring, bring them in. You don't think that that the... won't factor? You don't think that they don't would say that? Oh, if we do Green Lantern would fill in, we know that we're going to get that, you know, 40-year-old female demo, like, no problem. <laughs> can, I, can I also bring up another connective tissue? Hmm? Uh, Sarah Shahi, the, the, the female lead in Black Adam, she was in The Rookie. She was the romantic lead. Well, there you go, Ed. <laughs> okay. But oh, G- Gunn and Saffron are, are now taking, taking the reins of DC going forward. And I think that we're going to see a hit-the-ground-running strategy. Yeah. I think that in less than six months... Probably two weeks. We will, yeah. No, no, I, mean, I think so I'm giving myself mean, wide latitude. Oh, fine, three weeks. I, in less than six months, we will have a slate. Yeah. And I will not be surprised if a Superman film is not listed. Mm-hmm. And if the endpoint isn't a la Feige, you know, as he does his presentations, if the endpoint isn't a Justice League 2 movie. And already there's been a lot of discussion, uh, fanboys, even other outlets like, you know, the Campia show where it's like, well, what are they going to do about the about the Flash movie? Right. Right. Um, he's got that on his again, plate. Once again, another unravel. thing that was done under a previous regime, and he's going to have to figure out a way yeah. how to how to how to rejigger that the way he wants to, it it to work. But we, I think, I think that James Gunn is the type of guy who we're going to get a slate, and it will be a mix of the mainstream stuff we expect a DC movie studio to have. You'll have a Superman mm. movie. We'll probably have a Green Lantern announcement of some kind. But then you're going to get the offbeat. You're going to get the Adam Stranges. You're going to get maybe a Hawkman movie. You're going to get something like that. Yes, John? Uh, in all seriousness, I know I'm joking a lot. Uh, are, is Tim Gunn and uh, Snyder tight? Are they uh, tight? James Gunn. Sorry, is James Gunn and... Uh Snyder, t- are they tight? Are they tight? I don't know what their relationship yeah, off yeah. the top of my head. I, 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 to tell because you the truth, he did bring up something interesting that he's continuing the continuity. Yes, yeah. So I wonder if that maybe. And as, as we and we were or? saying about the whole thing with the wives is sim- if simply this. <laughs> no, no, jo- no, John, no, John. I'm I'm, I'm being one hundred percent serious. Continuity of wives. The the wi- the wives thing is simply this because the wife appeared on Peacemaker, right? And if he's going to use the Amanda Waller shit from there as his connective tissue. And that is all taking place within the Snyder continuity. Then, yeah, he ain't never getting rid of the Snyder well, stuff. Sure he's gonna, Hollywood is a weird thing because um, <laughs> because every everyone knows everyone. Um, James Gunn, uh, who who is connected to Fillion, right? Fillion and Fillion's connected to Joss Whedon. Right, and that's a weird. Well, Gun, Gun, and Whedon both have yeah, a, are, have exactly, a mentor exactly. mentee. Yeah, right. so, so there's a lot of. There's so a could lot you? So here's here. the thing: as weird as it is, and as I, I, I don't want this in all honesty because his interviews that he's done in the preceding time, in the in the in the time that has passed, have not reflected well on him. But could you see a return of Joss Whedon to things? I I would not count that completely out. Give I, and I'm not saying to my, it would be the first thing on. Oh, what's on the that? Book. Oh, Ray Fisher just tweeted something. 
Elon, Elon Musk's new takeover tweet uh, of Twitter, Ray Fisher just like has a whole new slate of tweets. <laughs> okay. Just right now. All right. Just yes, right now. Sir. But like, um, I don't know. Like, could that, could that? We definitely will be getting a Henry a Superman project of some kind. And I would not be surprised, honestly, if James Gunn himself directs it. I will say this. His brother Sean Gunn is now getting a whole bunch of work now. Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn has the question. No, Miguel. no, Ed. You, Sean no, Gunn Ed. Has you, no, you had it the other <laughs> day. Stranger. You know, you had it. No, no, no. Sean Gunn is Mitzelplik, ladies and gentlemen. You, no, you and I, I both said, know it. I, I said. Um, no, um, no. You said someone else, and I'm saying that's what it would be. <laughs> he would totally be I like, said, "Oh my God, yeah." Let no, me get my brother. I said it was Daniel Radcliffe as Mitzelplik. Yes, that and that was brilliant, and it would work. Thank you. Um, but, uh, I think that, I think that, I think that it would, I'm not going to be surprised if Gunn and Saffron as the executive, like, they're going to be like, all right, you want to know what the DCEU is going to be like moving forward? We're going to do Superman. And this is the shit. This is the template that I'm going to set for all the other films. Uh, that's the only, that's the most interesting thing about Black Adam is all this other stuff that is surrounding it. Uh, and we will get back to uh, talking about some more stuff, the Ant-Man and uh, the Wasp Quantumania trailer and some Marvel casting news after these words from friends. To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast was also sponsored by Pancake Studios. You know, To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast, we were born here at Pancake Studios and for the past five years, we have called this place home. Pancake Studios has come a long way from offering just audio services. They now offer Dolby Atmos and surround sound mixing, video recording, production and engineering, a full range of photography servers, and sound design. It is your one-stop shop media production services. Go to pancakestudios.net. Orphan Guitars. Local friend of the show, Alex, who works at Orphan Guitars, can help you find out what you're looking for, whether vintage or the right musical equipment for your needs, brand names from Fenders to Gibsons, electric guitars, basses, guitar amps, just head over to 493 Court Street at OrphanGuitars.com. You know, John, they've also helped with the community making donations to local soup kitchens in the past. Brooklyn's coolest guitar shop. That's OrphanGuitars.com. All right, and we are back, and this is the segment where we are going to talk to friend of the show and uh, I believe fully accredited royalty, uh, the king of Star Wars. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Martin. Hold the applause. Hold the applause. It's all right. I don't need it. I don't need it. It's good. You put your pants on just like everybody else, man. One leg at a time. No, no, no. I do two legs at a time. I, 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 I use the force to hold he, him up, and oh. then I jump into them. It's oh. <laughs> because he's got three. I got to try that <laughs> and not get hurt. I was, I was, I was about to say, like, before you, you, you always like going, like, you may want to see a doctor. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't need a doctor. I got to back the tank. There you go. Uh, Jeremy, uh, we're, we're at the portion of the show where we're going to be talking about. Uh, Andor up to this point, uh, and you know uh, the Tales of the Jedi, which was released on uh, Disney Plus. I am just going to tell you right now, 
and I am I've got a fever, and the only thing that can cure it is Andor. Whoa! Oh my lord! Explore the space. Wow! Explore the space. That's uh, that's a lot of information right there to process. Uh, in the, I'm like I was. Me and Ed, Ed will tell you that like I get giddy whenever I talk about this show. Um, and I totally also 100 percent get how someone could be a hardcore Star Wars fan, and this is just not for them. Yeah, I can understand why they would hate it. I can I, I can totally get it, but I I'm I'm right there with you. I think it's spectacular. I love it. I haven't the world the world building, the details that are in everything are phenomenal. I haven't seen it all yet. I've seen a few episodes. This is Jonathan speaking, by the way. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? Hey, what's going on, brother? Uh, um, living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. Um, I I think I'm up to episode three. I think it's really great. Um, I read episode four is really good. I read I read somewhere online it was like if you if you if you don't find it intriguing interesting and like just an amazing show there's something wrong with you <laughs> so there's some fans out there that that would hate someone who doesn't like right well, yeah. I, 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 is it me like maybe the hardcore fans are really attuned with this show that they're really into it those outskirt those fans that are on the outskirt. That are just like you know maybe um, more casual casual I, fans. I do not think so that much. the I, Jeremy, would you say that the film the the show does reward like the hardcore, fan, and not in a fan servicey way, just in a like, oh my god, look at how detailed we're making the Star Wars world kind of way, right? All right, all right. It 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 depends on how you define hardcore fan. If it's a hardcore fan who enjoys lightsabers and force tricks and right. that kind of shit. They're not going to like it because it's not that kind of show. It's a very oh, yeah. different kind of show. It doesn't have any of that. It's more espionage and intrigue and world building and if you like it's, indie it's, movies, <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the Tony. It's the Tony Gilroy Diego Luna Rogue One corner of Star Wars. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fantastic. Right, I, 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 I can I, see that. Yeah, it, if, it, if you're I, into Star Wars for the mythology and the Jedi tricks. And the mysticism, yeah, you, you, you might not like And the that. more straightforward hero's journey stuff, yeah, this is doing a more complicated, darker, much yeah. more textured story. Well, and it's, 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 it's showing more of why the Empire is the villain. Right, yeah. Without. Oh, and, and that's the other part. It is doing that in such a way where it's not just the Empire as mustache twirlers. It is like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's make what is the real world of sort of like a bureau, a, 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 a fascist bureaucracy, mm -hmm. a fascist grind on a society, you know, and how that trickles down to like from Trump. the lowest to the highest. Yeah. Without ever getting into the, uh, uh, um, politique. Well, without getting into the fact that there's a space uh, evil sorcerer running the show from, from, behind, <laughs> the, from behind the curtains. Yes, I, but as as uh, as Ed Ed has said this brought up, he's like he's like and like we're doing all this stuff, all this grounded intrigue and it's like you realize that there's like a dark sorcerer that's like at the, yeah, yeah, that's like at a, the heart of all this. I, see, but that's like that, that. But like there's little tidbits in there, like in the last episode where they were discussing, you know, well the emperor is doing this and he's a great man and blah blah blah, and it's like it makes me like so the layperson has no idea that he is like this 
demon lord of you know right. space wizardry. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just they just think he's this heroic figure who has you know saved us all from. He's just that un- strong leader at the right time. Who's you know who he's yeah. captaining the ship through some rough waters, and we got to give him our support. You know. Because I mean, these rebels. Let sounds, me know. Sounds familiar. Well, I need to take. I, I need to get this phone call. Wait, what's that? What's that? <laughs> what do you mean they blew? What do you mean they stole a bunch of like uh, Imperial credits? Oh, uh, come on! <laughs> take care of this right now. Like I. Oh. Yeah. Your money is Wait, no good Stellan here. Stellan Sarsgaard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that you know that is that is the thing about where I said about it being sort of the Tony Gilroy. Rogue One era, like there is no doubt that th- in my mind that Luna and Gilroy went to, you know, went to Lucasfilm, went to Filoni and, and, and Favreau and Kennedy and they were like, we really don't want to compromise the vision of what this character is, who he is, what he represents with something that is going to be flashier. And I think probably because of, again, Diego Luna sort of like background in indie film this is a very like what is a re- what is the regular person's point of view within a time of revolution yeah and where just so happens to be it's in it is the empire ruled by the space wizard but we're going to go hard on sort of like the ground level yeah like lower decks without the comedy yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah to a to a degree and that's sort of like where it's like there's 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 definitely like stuff to sink your teeth into in, with ideas if you're a longtime fan, um, and they're doing smart moves like like oh hey look at Luthen's like um, antique shop and look at the stuff behind him oh look at that armor that that references this this artifact references that they they better at, at some point they better damn well explain how he has a Sith holocron and the Jedi holocron that's all I'm asking for <laughs> I was waiting for you to like say that needs, I was that needs to, to be brought, that needs to be addressed it needs to be addressed <laughs> but overall you're, whoa, whoa 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 he brings something up okay all right Luthen is I mean. Uh, He's. Do we trust Luthen? He's more than he oh. seems. He's more He's than he be. seems. Well, I. Well, I, I mean, that just the last episodes, and I just watched it yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. His his exchange with, uh, with sorry, Saul Jonathan, Guerrera? With, with Saul Guerrero is uh, very telling about he is something more than he than he seems. And I think now that they did the whole how Luke cut himself off and Obi-Wan cut himself off. I'm, I'm, I'm really on board with Miguel's interpretation of he is a former Jedi. <laughs> I look, I threw that out there as, as a thing where, because like he had this like extension pole when he got kind of first shows up. Oh yeah. And it was kind of like, huh, that might be and something. Sna- and it snaps out. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, like I, like I, I went and rewatched some stuff and I, and I looked at it from with an open mind and, and it's it like, huh, that's well a kind of an odd weapon for a guy to just be having with him. And if you were a Jedi, you would probably make it, that would be a good thing to be of use. I don't know. I mean, it's just throwing out there. Well, that's is was was the kyber crystal that he gave Andor. Was that his lightsaber crystal? Right. Thank you. <laughs> was that, was that, you know, he took it out and he kept it with him so that if he ever needed it, it's there. And he could just, you know, force put his saber together. Mm, you know, um, I mean, I think it would be. It's something where that that's a very fanboy part of me that thinks like that. That is like, yes, that would be cool. But there's also a part of me that goes like, is that like against what the nature of the show is to have that as a revelation, right? I, I think if they do that, it's a revelation that doesn't happen until the very end of the series. 
and he's got to die. <laughs> well, yeah, he would have he would have to die, and it would be it would be a meeting with Ahsoka at the end of the series where the the title of Fulcrum is officially is officially declared and passed on. Right. Well, I mean, and, I, and I, that I, would, I pointed and this that would all and that would fit. Because it's the, the show doesn't need it. It doesn't need a Jedi there, but it would explain why he has all this fucking shit mm-hmm. in his in his antique shop. I mean, where is he yeah. getting this stuff from? Where are you getting Mandalorian armor from? Where are you getting all this crap? And how he could have been well placed in to to be a part of a, a mover and shaker behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. Because um, we have Obi Wan has this setup of some sort of. You know, the Underground Railroad for Jedis, you know, there yes. are other things going on. And this show does also piggyback off that also idea of there are rebels all over, but they are not an alliance. They yeah. are not a rebel alliance. Everyone is sort of off in their owner. And Luthen seems to be, have been a key player in pushing Mon Mothma into areas, trying to get Saw Gerrera. He seems to be stitching, he seems to be the guy stitching together the alliance, the real big public wave against the Empire in some way. Yeah, well, he's trying to connect the different rebel cells that we saw in the, in, in Rebels. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, that's... And, and, and like, that didn't come fully formed until Rebels. Mm-hmm. So it's... That whole sequence, it, like, it's very... It's world building. That's what it is. And it's, you know, there's going to be hardcore fans that are, oh, we don't need this. It's unnecessary. You know, blah, blah, blah. There's no Jedi. There's no spaceships. Blah, blah, blah. But you know, it's it's it it fills in gaps that have been questions for a long time. Uh, Ed, you yeah, I need to I need to really clarify something here. Apparently, um, it's uh, the first season is only twelve episodes. Okay, only twelve episodes. Um, And it sounds like they're in production for the second uh, for the second uh, season, which I think um, I'm not even clear whether it's going to be it's going to be released next year or two thousand or twenty four. But um, I, w- I would assume it would be sometime similar in season wise next year. And look, they've the the so far the show has paid off in a very good way. Um, we are sort of currently the last episode you saw, uh, Jeremy, is sort of the second episode of its its the beginning of its third arc. And they they are they're planning. They're like, okay, twelve episodes. See, I, I kind of, I, 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 I look at it, it's like four episode arcs, I thought. Okay, I thought it was three. I thought it was like the first, like, again, the first arc was introduction to Andor, getting him off the planet. Mm-hmm. And then the next three episodes were the, you know, the Aldani heist, the setup for that. And now he's in crew. jail. <laughs> and now the aftermath of the Aldani heist and uh, he's in jail, and I guess the next episode will, you know... 30 days is, has already passed in, in, in prison. 30 days <laughs> in the hole! <laughs> Do they have to sing that at some point? All right, anyway. Um, uh, I have to say that, um, and I have to ask if you agree, Jeremy, is this the most textured Star Wars project ever done? Because, my lord, it is just, you are immersed in this world. You feel like you really have, you know, and from a and from a ground point of view, you feel like you're a day laborer in the Star Wars universe. From space Applejacks to, to <laughs> Jew, space Jewish mothers or Italian mothers. Right? I, I mean, like, you know, we're seeing work-a-day work type stuff, not just the halls of power. Yes, it's very cool that with the Imperial stuff we are getting 
a, a humanizing aspect to it. You know, we've got that mm. female um, ISB agent and we're seeing her point of view on things. But it, this really is, it feels like you're living as a regular person in Star Wars. Mm. Do you agree? It's, yes it's, or no? It's, uh, it's certainly denser than any other project. I, I, I would absolutely say that. Text, textured is is for for as for as much as the prequel trilogy gets hate, those movies were insanely textured. Um, what, what did you? Yeah, call? I, th- I I I get what you're saying with with that, but with here, I think the difference is is that it like they are present there. It you're there's technically at the end of at the end of at the end of twelve episodes, and especially at the end of two seasons, you're gonna have more of this on film. Than you did of the prequels. I think. Oh, I, I think you already right. do. All right, and like, right, and so like that, <sighs> and there every episode is just chock full of like, and not everything is explained. It's just like this is what it's like in this world. Like we don't need to know the name of the cereal that cereal eats, but yeah. we're seeing that there is. I a- want to know the name of the cereal <laughs> that's that's that cereal eats. Cerealos. They're called cerealos. My, my, my first question was, my lord, there's no art. There's nothing on the walls. There's no pictures. There's not even a, like a pot of dead flowers on the <laughs> on the countertop. Uh, but notice, Cyril does get up t- and he has Star Wars statuettes figurines. <laughs> I did not see that in his apartment. He has like some stormtrooper stuff that are up on like his like shelf. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you serious? He's got action figures. That they look glorious. like clone troopers. Shit like that. Yes, that says so, something so, about so, it. So, so he's the, he's the original dark helmet. <laughs> um, I think he's. I think that you can see that he's. I think Cyril's character in this is sort of the idea of like, okay, he's who, dark helmet. Just who, say it. Just, just yeah, go ahead and no, say it. I think, just it's, say more, it. Just, I think it's more like go go who ahead. who goes along with a fascist movement. Right, we we kind of saw it with like those corpo guys that he was people leading. people with delusions of grandeur. That's it, who goes along with it. Exactly, a guy who will be like, I need to tailor my workaday suit to look like I'm this, you know, <laughs> the hero in my own mind. He's right, special. Yes, exactly. Uh, back to what you're asking about the textures this is the most textured uh, um, Star Wars thing that we've seen. I'll say this though, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys recall that Diego Luna was in a movie called. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. Okay, yes. So, so all and, right. Uh, okay. As soon as he goes off into that, you know, he 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 gets his money. He hits space he, Brazil, right? He hits space Brazil, <laughs> uh, Havana. You know, and Sao Sao Paulo in the house. Sao Paulo in the house, and uh, Miguel. I think he told me again. He he's got that space hooker. Dude, the whole reason for that was so that they could put on shore troopers. That was the only reason they went there. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm wearing. That was it. They needed. Well, they needed an I'm excuse. So we had. We created these for Rogue One. We got to have more of them. To right. Yeah. Their and, and I do. I 100 think that Gilroy and them were like. There's a bunch. Of, I think there probably was a ton of stuff that they had when they were developing Rogue One that either spun off into its own ideas or whatever. And they were like, okay, oh, we'll use that stuff here, and you know, we in some sort of expanded version. Uh, and I I like that the idea that we're seeing what is life like for uh, you know for someone like um, his mother character Marva mm. right and her whole like at her old age she's deciding to she's like I'm on board with the revolution <clears throat> um, people who the and I think it's so the most interesting part of all this is is Andor's journey itself because he's still not on board with like. I am dedicating my life to the rebellion. He hasn't been captain yet. I, I, I yeah. keep bringing this up. Like Jeremy, the, like when we meet him in Rogue One, he is captain 
Cassian yeah. Andor, and he is Mon Mothma's like number one secret projects guy, right? She's yeah, her- well, there's, there's, there's something, something's, there's going to be an event. It's probably Luthen's death. It's probably it's going to well, it's going to trigger all that. I just said that as we were coming in, like Luthen's not going to be around at right. some point because he's Sith. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also, uh, you know, you, you, you uh, something I'll go bring there up. There can Mon- be only two. <laughs> um, bring up Mon Mothma. The, the Mon Mothma stuff in this show, I find endlessly intriguing and I love it to death. Because, again, it's a point of view we don't, we don't get to see. Mm. The idea of, like, here's this woman. She is a senator. She is part of the elite. But again, it is this democracy, this democratic republic that is going towards fascism and people have to start making their choices. She is on the point of, you know, she's right on the precipice of like, I've been doing stuff like at the margins. I've been doing some super secret stuff, stuff that maybe could get me into really some real trouble, but it is not open rebellion. And we have to get in. She's she's got to get with the program and. The intrigue, like this is, it feels, I'm watching the show and it feels to me like when Game of Thrones was at its best. This fantasy setting that we're taking very, very seriously and very, very real. You're getting to see like the stuff that's happening in the back, right? Which is like the stuff that happens in the limo, at the antiques shop, you know. In the Senate. In the Senate. The idea that she, that there's, that there's not, there's not a lot of engagement with that. Right, like Jeremy, right. like did you, like that, that whole scene where she's giving a speech to the Senate. What did you think about that? That no one was paying attention to her. I, uh, what are you asking? <laughs> like your, again, your, your reaction to how that like reflects the Star Wars world and also like. The fact that it's, it's a real world thing. This is what happens, you know, that your democratic institutions get sclerotic and the people are They don't engaged. care. That yeah. They don't care that it's that it's the, the the oligarchs in charge are the ones who call the shots and nobody else gives a shit. Exactly. Exactly. And this is, this show is, it's doing all of that stuff justice and making it, you know, understandable and filling in um, a lot of info. Um, and defining a lot of stuff. And I, to me, I'm honestly, probably this is the, the most of a Star Wars project on Disney Plus I've enjoyed probably since Mando season two. Because Book of Boba Fett was not for me. Well, and Obi-Wan it, was fine. Well, the, the, it, was, it didn't blow up my skirt. It was really watchable, but it wasn't like, oh, I had to hear this story, you know? But that is a concern. This is like every week the, I'm like... Because the news, and we spoke about this last time, which is like it is, uh, uh, in terms of viewership, it's on it's on the low side. But we want to see more of these sort of these kind of immature projects from um, w- with Star Wars. We want to see more of that, you know. And and again, like pressures from you know, hey, we need to get more eyes on 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 IPs and properties and. Uh, for Disney Plus, and granted, it's Disney Plus. You know, if you are a it's, subscriber as it is, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get. You know, it's certainly a test bed for a different portrayal of the Star true. Wars universe. Right. And it's, it's, it, again, it's it, it, without, without, without all the connections, without all the, without all the stuff. And then, you know, when you get the next one with uh, Jude Law, that's going to be, you know, Oh yeah, uh, what it's going to be. A, it's oh, going to be another test bed. That's like, can we do it for kids where mm-hmm. it doesn't have connections? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like we're slowly but surely seeing um, 
the unraveling of, of Disney Plus, how it's got to answer not just to kids, but also to adults, growing adults, young adults. And I hope that Star Wars as a franchise, and I hope that Disney and Lucasfilm as companies can understand that it's okay to have things that are different and off the beaten track that, look, we're going to get, like I said, we're getting Mando season three, and I'm sure that is just going to be all fun balls and crazy. hijinks and balls to the wall action. You and it's going to blow the doors off. I, that, that, you want to talk about mythology. That's going to that's gonna be full of it. That's going to be. Ahsoka, which. Yeah. Yeah, Ahsoka, yeah. which obviously they're putting, giving that a big push. Um, so it's fine to have something like Andor or another project. That is, that is, you know, this is a super grounded, you know, look into the revolution side of Star Wars. Look, give me, give me a fun, you know, duo, droid duo comedy thing. That's fine. Give me a, give me a detective story. Give me an ancient, you know, tale of Jedis from a thousand years ago, you know, do it. It, I think Star Wars is a mature enough, and by mature, I don't mean like the content. I mean, like it's been around for a long time. There are a lot of areas to explore that haven't been explored that we just have the smallest inkling of. So do that. I, I don't, I, I we, we, we can say that and we'll watch it because we're fanatics, but it, it comes down to viewership and money. If, they, if they're yes. going to spend a shitload of money making a spectacular series that nobody watches, they're not going to make a lot of them. That's the yeah. thing. I like it looks. That is true. It looks expensive, doesn't it? That is the it, one it thing. It looks insanely is, expensive. It, it looks as it looks like this is what Game of Thrones was when it was at its height in terms of like what they're like a per episode, and 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 they're not, and they aren't even doing some of the things that Game of Thrones does, which mm -hmm. is like at least Game of Thrones. Their excuse for throwing all that money was. Look, we got to do sieges of against castles, and we got to have hundreds of people. Yeah. Here, it's like this is just like tons of CG and tons of really good CG. <laughs> well, I know it's, those. it's lots of actors in costumes and makeup and just shit everywhere. Well, think think about like the Mon Mothma scenes alone. It's like, oh well, we've got to have this big set and all of well, you got you got to have space. You got to have space Cadillacs. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> space space Mercedes Benzes. The de the detailing the detailing. Uh, I was looking at like some of the scenes at you know where their dinner their dinner table is. Yeah, yeah. It's and looking at the room, they're like there there is like molding like really elaborate molding where the door corridors are the and i'm costuming like costuming have all this yeah. these details everyone's hairstyle alone yeah it's unbelievable um and 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 also this show has for how much for how much screen time you got to figure how right, many yeah, people exactly. <laughs> dedicated days worth of effort to make the costumes and to do the hair and to do all that crap for what, 10 minutes of screen time? I think, mean, I have to, Jeremy, it's insane. Think, think about the scene where Luthen's assistant goes to talk um, to the girl who, who led the Aldani raid, right? And it's just like, yeah. oh, she's got to walk through like this subway system, this, you know, this, this whatever tr public transportation hub it looks like. And like all those people, <laughs> that's set. For like yeah. what is again like three or four minutes of oh hey yeah. here's here, here's some exposition about some stuff we got to talk about yeah so I agree with you when you say like it 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 the 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 one sort of like side we have to consider is the fact that as beautiful and as wonderful as it is they the incentive for them to do stuff like this is lower than doing something that's just fun just very bright and shiny with a lot of action. 
Um, but I hope that they continue to do more stuff like this because I, I, well, I'm you can see it. you can see what like the 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 first arcs where he is freed and they have the the attack on the base like that was lower in budget because I mean how much does it cost to just find a spot in the woods and film a bunch of crap people talking and filling in you know filling in backstory you know that doesn't cost a lot so you can see that they put the money into the stuff in Coruscant and it fits the narrative because it's showing the two different worlds so it's you have to show enough of the stuff on Coruscant and Mon Mothma's up, you know, home and all this stuff to justify the expense of it. Space Sherpas, am I right? Space, Sher- Space How Sherpas. About it? How about it? Dude, that one guy looked like Brian Cranston, I swear to God. I looked at it and I said, oh my God, they got Brian Cranston to just be like a space dude? That's awesome. And then I was like, no. Well, I mean, you know what? I think Brian that's, that's an, another part of the show is that there are a ton of like really good, sub- like, it's not just that Diego Luna is good as Andor. Um, you've got Skarsgård, who is... is and, and Luthen is this amazing addition to the Star Wars universe, in my opinion. That The scene when they sold me on Luthen was the scene where you saw, oh, he was this very brusque, you know, espionage guy, but then he goes back to his cover... And he goes see, back to his ship, and he like completely changes his his demeanor and his personality. It was it was beautiful, you know. Like, and, that, and that he has to be an actor as a yeah. spy. Yeah, um, wonderful. And those tense moments between him and Mon Mothma. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it it the show. I I just I I want them to be able to continue to make something like this. Um, it, it's. I love the Jedi stuff. I love bounty hunters and all that. I love that sort of stuff. But I really, really have always wanted to see this kind of version of Star Wars. The ground's eye. What is it is like to live in these, which you don't get in most of our big franchises, Jeremy. Like, you know, we don't know what it's like to live as the regular person in the Star Trek world. Dune, their world. What's the regular? No, it's all elite, high-level warriors, you know, uh, the the leaders of government. Well, we said on the last show also, it's like, yeah, there are not a lot of aliens also. It's very, you know, a lot of humans. Um, well, that's, that's I think thing. that's that goes to Jeremy's budget thing. I think yeah, they would. Yeah. Like, I mean, it would be great to have. Some, I am surprised they don't just have at least something simple—a Wookiee character, something mm-hmm. where the costume's not <laughs> super crazy. Because in, I, like yeah. in the history of Star Wars, like you know, depending on who you go, Lucas included, um, they'll at one shot. It's like there's 15 species of. Uh, within, there, within they the do that universe. on the show a little bit. They're much more in the background. You yeah. saw some of that on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, her party guests, and he's like, ah, there's some makeup on that one. There's some, but they haven't. They, I think again, that's a definitely part of like that that whole budget. I wish they would. Um, in this show, especially, I think is the place to talk about it, which is we, you know, you and Ed, you and I were talking about this where. Palpatine sort of ran the Empire as sort of a very humans centric. Like organizations, sapiens only. It, you know, humans were sort of supposed to be like on the top end. That's and why you know, characters brought, I, like Thrawn well, yeah, and stuff very, had their yeah, issues. Yeah, the, empi- the Empire is a very racist organization. I mean, that's and that's something that was always that was and, always known, but it was never known why. And that was something that was explained in the prequels without being like, like having it thrown in your face. Like that's why there really aren't droids 
in the Empire. And That's then, why right, there aren't aliens yeah. in the Empire. Because in the prequels, all the droids and all the aliens failed him in taking over the in taking over the galaxy, so that's why there are none of them in in his the current circle, empire, less, in his yeah. in his empire. And then that's why they're not there. And then we're gonna eventually see Grand Admiral Thrawn in flesh, live action. You know, uh, uh, when we get well, the see Ahsoka that's show. an interesting point. Do you introduce him in this, or do you intro, or do you just wait? I think they I think they're just gonna save him for for Ahsoka. You know, I, mean, I would I would imagine so, but I I, I have a feeling that Ahsoka is going to show up. Maybe even in this, no, because the time no. because it fits, and they're I, pushing I her hardcore. Yeah, that's oh good. yes. Well, we'll, like, we'll, we'll we will we will then move move this over to the to the next thing, which is um, Andor's. Like I said, it's a you know we just had its latest episode dropped, uh, the one with um, and another one coming tomorrow, and another one coming tomorrow. Uh, and uh, but also they dropped the full season of their Tales of the Jedi, um, which is one of their animated uh, projects. And for the, for I really the wanted it to be longer. I thought it was going to be longer. I thought there were going to be more episodes. And that's what I was saying. Like, so for the listener, you know, um, Jeremy, Miguel, and I were on this texting thread and I started and I'm like, oh my God, this is only like, they're bite-sized. Like, oh, wait a minute. There's another episode. There's another episode. They dropped the whole entire run of Tales of the Jedi on, on Disney+. Plus. And uh, and I'll tell you, I'm, I personally, I I really enjoyed it. Um, granted that, like, let's say Jeremy episode one, which is the baby Ahsoka origin story. I know. just teared up. I teared up when the giant, when the giant tiger thing, whatever it was, when she just you know rides it back into camp. I teared up. I got Miguel has very different feelings about the show. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, it's very tropey. It's very, of course, it is. It, that, but that was that's always what Star Wars was. It was very tropey. But I thought they did it well. All right, go on. I, um, <laughs> uh, no, you know, my reaction to it was none of it is bad. It's like it's like oh these are interesting little stories little you know setups for these characters the stuff the Dooku stuff is good Dooku stuff is amazing it's it's good oh and of course God. and of yeah. course it gave us Yaddle I got a yeah. fever and the only and thing is one prescription I need some it's vitamin more Yaddle vitamin Y that, that was that was the that was the episode I liked the least <laughs> what, oh really wow yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, for the listeners, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, was cast uh, to voice Yaddle, a, uh, the a same, same species, species as Yoda, Yoda, who we've have zero uh, knowledge of since the prequels, and, they and, and there never to, will be any. Yeah, now, right, you know, <laughs> except for the reason, except somebody needs to explain to me why she talks normal. That, I just that that needs to be explained. I need to I know why. I honestly want to say that I saw something online. Did Yoda get trapped on his head when he was a baby? They, I don't no, understand. Somewhere online, Miami. No, somewhere online. Now, okay, I always I had, <laughs> I always had my own theories about that. But online, I said that someone had said they're going to eventually say that. Okay, Yoda spoke like that because that's how his master trained him. That it's that indeed his species is like Yaddle. They talk, they walk and talk like normal people. They're fine. He's a special case because apparently his master taught him that way. I don't know. Will they eventually get into that? I don't know. Now, personally, mm-hmm. I I'm not. I we we've been joking about Yaddle. We've been like it's just because <laughs> the name is so dumb and it's such this weird little thing that's yeah, been terrible. around for so long, right? It's terrible. But, and then they give her this crap ass send off. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I no, you know what? I personally, I'm going like, okay, um, 
this is this is but see this is the whole in a nutshell my issue with this this series this tales of the jedi which is like okay this feels very much like feloni going okay there's some stuff i just want to explain and instead of like weaving it into the grand narrative i just want to do so these what? little bite little stories and they're fine I didn't say any of this was bad. It's they're fine. It that it's a good version of Dooku. It's a good it's the good version of looking into like what his time with Qui-Gon would have well, been. That's fine. He, but he it succeeds very well at um, you know, especially in a time like this where you're talking about people seceding and and insurrections and stuff like that, right? You know, here you have Dooku uh, and he was first introduced as like, oh, you know, he's he's a the leader of the separatist, right? A former Jedi, but we didn't get any other background on him. And then you get a sense of, look, you really were on his side when he's like, you know, when he when he gives the talk about justice. Right. This is justice. If you allow this to happen, you know, then then the Jedi, you know, they're they're completely ignoring. Well, I I think a big thread of this these episodes, especially the Dooku ones, um, is the sort of like what is happening in the Republic. Yeah. What's Dooku is making his decisions based on like, um, I think that we should be doing X, Y, and Z, but apparently no one is given a F. He's <laughs> like, there's all of this corruption, there's all of this stuff, and then we get sent out at, to do this stuff at the behest of the Senate, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like we're not doing good work out here. And it's that's just, fine. And it's just fine. back and forth with him and Mace, right? Mace is like, you know, like it's like, well, you and your rules. Yeah, uh, as long as I've known you, you've always been like, like every little jot in 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 whatever. It's like you're you're all about following the rules. And I'm sorry, Mace. You know, <laughs> uh, um, you know, people are suffering because we're not making decisions. We're not, you know, we're not on the move, and we have the power. We have the ability. Um, and now, this and this evil space winners are starting to make sense to me, man. <laughs> You know, and that is the thing. Like you, you sent the text, which is like uh, to, to to the three of us, which is like, oh, Palpatine just just, just gets turned on at like at people fight. At lazy, I, this might all. Fights. This might just be. I don't want to kink shame. I don't want to kink it's, shame. It's, it's the anger. It's the it's the it's the rage. Look, if I can get two guys going at each other with lightsabers, there's something two about dragons. it. You got, but you, I, you you gotta say you gotta put lightsabers in quotes. Lightsabers. All right. Two Jedis. <laughs> just, just you, two Jedis. You pose as two Jedis. That's it. Oh, no, that's yeah. a silly. That's you know, really you know, silly. Oh, you don't want to know what's going on under the robe. You don't want to know. <laughs> There's a reason it's big and flowing. <laughs> but I felt, I mean, I really, wa- I mean, that was just so. I dry clean Villa Lowe. That episode with the village, uh, him and young Qui-Gon, um, I mean, it just resonated with me so much. Um, and it just got, it just, it just wouldn't go away in my, like from my, from my brain. Uh, which and uh, by the way, uh, and then later on, I think there was the following episode. Qui Gon's dead. Right. Okay. Yes. We've already seen that. That's been etched the Yaddle memory. episode. Yeah. The Yaddle episode. Right. You know. Uh, by the way, is that um, that that Qui Gon was voiced by by that was by Liam, yeah that right? was Liam. Liam yeah it was Liam Neeson. Right. Yeah, he came back. And it's like okay, this is the thing that really uh, that really flips the switch for 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 Dooku. Um, his the the guy the guy that he considers like a son is gone, and he blames a Jedi and um, I'm for that, um, and I'm like I'm on his side, <laughs> I'm on his side, you know. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying that that's what up until that point up until that point. 
Well, up until the point where he's like, you know, it's like, my master. Yes. Yes, Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> up until that point. Uh, uh but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what they seem to be doing with the show is these little bite-sized stuff that is like, I'm weaving this stuff into the grander narrative that answers some questions and fleshes this stuff out. But I got to tell you, it didn't blow up my skirt. Um, it was fine. Oh, oh, well, Jer, I mean, I was, I, I would ask Miguel this, but since it doesn't blow up his skirt, what do you think of the, um, the Ahsoka, like, you know, episode where she's getting, she's being trained by San Whitmer? Oh yeah, I thought that was awesome. I thought I, I thought that was a nice a nice uh, explanation for how she f- lived at the end of Clone Wars. But not just that, but they've really built her up into this. Like she is one of the most formidable Jedi that has ever lived, and yet yes. And I know, like Miguel, you and I, we, we've talked in the um, behind the scenes. Well, about everybody, this. like everybody, needs to remember that she is the living embodiment of the light side of the Force. She is. Like that's like they did that to her in Clone Wars, and now they need to like really expand on that, and they have, and they're going to keep doing that. But but let's get into that because Miguel's argument is, and yeah, you know, I don't want to put mouth put words in your mouth, which is like, here's Ahsoka. Oh, this is what we've known from Ahsoka from from you know, an, from animated stuff in the past, and boom. Already, we're we're to really um, connect with her because she's I, this I, real I, my argument, Jeremy, about about Ahsoka is this: is I do like her as a, fine as a character, but one of the aspects is unfortunately, in my in my view, it's like I get that she was created by George. I get that it's just that okay. So here's this character that you've introduced in this animated form that by rights should be a huge character. And they developed her well in that animated show up until the whole story of Anakin's fall. But that's just it. So we get to the movies and it's like, there's never any mention of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, like even to the point where I, I, I pointed out to Ed, I said, wait, so Anakin's whole bullshit was, you can't, I can't believe that I'm not a master. And I'm like, it, Except that there was that whole series, remember? (laughs) Where you had a student who called you master. (laughs) Who, for all intents and purposes, you were a Jedi master. I don't... (laughs) It's just just the sort of thing where we have to, like... I don't have the same connection to Ahsoka in ways... Because I feel that it's it's a retcon. It's like suddenly... Yeah. Suddenly, okay, Anakin had this, this, this... protege who he obviously was super close to and the story is all about how she's super close to and as you said and now it's like within that story they did things where oh she's been bonded with the light pure light side of the force and she's the avatar of that and and it's kind of like if you didn't really watch the Clone Wars every week or Rebels every week, which it, I did, and we—I mean, we all—we are those right. kind of fans. But for me, in my mind, is like, yeah, but she wasn't in the movies, and that's like my A-level canon. I think also it's that because <laughs> we've we've had Ahsoka for a good number of years, and we've watched this character kind of grow up, you know. And she's she, important now. I, right. I can't. I, I'm I'm just saying what I feel. Yeah. She has now become a very to the point where I am excited about things like when she showed up. You know, oh my God, there's Ahsoka right next to Luke. Mm. And you're like, yes, give me that conversation. Give me an adventure. Give me a story where those two characters get to talk to each other. 
so I'm again. I I understand she's she has an important. She has grown. She has. I'm looking forward to everything else. Li- they're giving her. They're injecting but for life me, into her. For, for my literally whole, with y- Rosaria Dawson, they're injecting life yes, into her. Yes, and that's why like. This is a fun, like I said, ultimately, I just come across with this, that this is fine. Mm. I was okay. I, Jeremy, you tell me, if you get to another season of the show or another project called Tales of the Jedi, do you want it to be something like this again? Or do you want it to be something maybe closer to what the comic book Tales of the Jedi was, which is just like, let us do stories. Oh, I want the, I want the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, as soon as this was announced, I said, oh, that's awesome. I hope they adapt the comic book stories. And then they came out and said, oh, it's going to be Dooku and Ahsoka and Yaddle. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you want Darth Revan and Darth Yeah, Bane. you know, I want, like, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the old school baby. stuff. Ulik Keldroma, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want, like that, like, that's kind of what I hope it was going to be you know i didn't i so i'm i, I agree with miguel and that i didn't need this like fill-in stuff i didn't need this, the, the thing with ahsoka and being trained for you know to live with a stormtrooper attack i didn't need the animated ahsoka wrecking a wrecking the inquisitor in one move you know i didn't i didn't need all that i knew all that I, that, that stuff exists in the books what's the name of uh the wizard with the, the things with the fingers from the timothy zahn stuff What's what's that? Oh, um, um, uh, um, um, who, who, uh, Jeremy, who's who's the evil Jedi in the Timothy Zahn uh, books? The was the clone. It, he's um, uh, uh, Joris. Joris Saboth. Okay, okay. Yeah. Joris Saboth. Okay, like the that, mad, the mad clip, the mad clone Jedi. I would like to see like if they do a second season. You know, an anthology that is less of these characters that we already like again, like Dooku or Ahsoka, and more like. Hey, let's go 100, 200 years before this. Let's go to that. Let's do a story about the Republic's first contact with some some race that we know of in the Star Wars universe. But this is the first time, and of course, Jedi's would be part of that. Do those kind of things I would like to see um, in something. Dude, called as far as I'm Jedi. concerned, they could do the first Jedi ever. Yeah. Yeah, you do know, something like, like that. that. Like all of that. Like I like I'd be happy with all of that stuff. Uh give us dude, give us another story of Jedi meeting the Bendu. Yeah. yeah. You know, before Tom Baker dies anyway, because and we gotta keep around his voice. The like there's there's there, there's other stuff to explore. And I mean I understand now like they did the Ahsoka stuff in Tales because of her show coming up, obviously. The, the and it's understandable and that this stuff. kind of project would be used like that. That it would be like, okay, bite-sized yeah. stuff that is that we can use to promote ancillary things, get people interested in stuff, introduce ideas. Again, oh, I'm it's fine. I, I just it was fine. I, I just uh, in all I just I just need more Andor. That's all. I'm just waiting for the next Andor. Uh, Your prescription, yeah, calls for more Andor. Is what you're saying. <laughs> um. I think that's all we got to say uh, say about yeah. uh, about that. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you again, Jeremy, uh, for, for 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 taking some time uh, out of your out of your schedule. Um, and I'm happy that you're enjoying um, this because, like I said, this is. I think that this Andor show is for a certain type of Star Wars fan is really delivering something we've never really gotten in live action. Nah, it's different. It's a it's a completely different show. It's a completely different feel. It's Rogue One. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, thank you again. Best to you and yours. Yeah. Cigarette break is over, buddy. <laughs> you too, guys. <laughs> take it easy. Love you, man. All right, take care, Love man. Love you guys too. Take Later. Uh, final bit on the agenda today is that we got our first look at the oh, hey. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, Quantum how's everything going? <laughs> yeah, it's me, Paul Rudd. Oh, wow. Quantumania? Tom, yeah, I remember Tom that. Andor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, Oh, Diego Luna, yeah. Motorcycle diary. That's great. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I don't know what that uh, is. So the I'm, new... I'm your shrink. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. The, the Quantumania trailer uh, for uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, uh, third film is, is coming out. All right. And it's pretty significant. Um, Sort of. Because of the inclusion of one very big character... So this is the third Ant-Man and the Wasp film. Uh, I think it's a good, solid trailer. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't tell you. It doesn't give you a lot. It's the usual, like, oh, here's some beautiful imagery. Here's a cool song. Now, do I think that the Cassie, uh, who is a daughter, kind of screws things up from the get-go <laughs> well, and sets you off on this adventure based on the trailer? Right, yeah. So um, we're going to get some ridiculous? insight yeah, into. Maybe. So the film basically says, okay, we're going to go on an adventure in the quantum realm. Um, we're going to learn some more about what Janet Van Dyne was doing there for all the years that she was trapped in the quantum realm. And hey, big surprise. Somehow, some way, they come across Jonathan Majors Kang and is intimated by information in the trailer that uh, looks like Ant-Man is going to have to make some sort of deal with Kang. How Kang is there? Why Kang is there? I don't know. Um, I also, on top of off top, don't know if this is released before or after the um, the Loki season two, which you know had Kang, Jonathan Majors Kang, as a as a rather important character. Regardless, um, hooray! Uh, it's a good. I think it's a good trailer. I think my only issue I have with it is my issue that I have with most of Marvel's trailers, which is, it's a good trailer that looks like a serious movie that's going to have, like, you know, some really important characterization, and then you watch the actual movie, and or the it's just a dumb comedy with a lot of lame well, jokes, here's the thing. they I don't mean, really care about um, the stuff. A, a bunch of uh, observations, it's like, we haven't seen um, Michael Pena. Yes. Which can be a good thing, because for once, like... I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. We loved, I loved the first one. We love Michael Pena's character and we love that bit. And it's the a good, second one, bit. maybe not so much, um, but. But it, his bit in it was still good. Yeah. His bit uh, in the absolutely. second one was still good. I, I already told you that what's going to be, it's this Pena and the other two idiots are going to be trying to get him. They're going to be on the earth side and they're going to be there like trying to get them back things. So they'll um, still work them in there. Well, you know, we love, we love T.I. <laughs> Do we? I don't know. I like, I like Tip. I like Tip. Uh, the other, the other, the other observation is this. The rapper? T.I. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an Ant-Man. He's, 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 he's in all the Ant-Man movies. He was in the first two. Right. He was in the I other two. Realize. Yeah. He's, he's one of his. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing also is, um. I said to Miguel after seeing the the trailer was like, okay, it looks like Scott Lang is going to make the deal with the devil, which is you know, Kang says you give me this and I'll and and I'll give you this. You right. Let me out of here, out of this quantum realm, and I can you know give me the keys to the wider universe. And which is you know, and we've joked around uh, going back to to our uh, Endgame um, Infinity War movie, which is like, wait a minute. 
Scott Lang, savior of the of the MCU, and we, now and now, and now the, destruct, the destroyer of destruct, the Marvel yeah, universe, right, you know, um, may may well be that. Um, like I said, we have to figure out like what is Kang doing here in the quantum realm? How did he get there? Is it connected to Loki? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, another little thing that I have to that uh, you know that I'm pointing out is that um, uh, who is that actor uh, from uh, the Good Place? Harper, right? Uh, yeah. Jeez, um, you know I don't have it. Um, uh, but he has been. They've been talking William about Jackson Harper. William Jackson Harper, and they've been talking about um, you know some rumors recently of him, you know, possibly getting cast in the Fantastic Four film, possibly as Mister Fantastic. There's a lot. There's a lot of chatter on. There was whatever. some. There was a Diego Luna. There, like listen, like Jodie uh, Comer as as uh, as Sue Richards, right? Yeah. And it was, again, don't get. I love the idea. Uh, I love Jodie Comer, um, William Jackson Harper, who from the Good Place, which I did see. Uh, like he doesn't for, to me, he doesn't fit the bill. But then, yeah, these are all rumblings. There's nothing right. Well, and my point about the 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 Harper uh, casting as a possibility, as a rumor, is in retrospect, it would make sense if that they cast Majors as Kang, because in the comics. Who is supposed to be, you know, connected, you know, uh, uh, by a family lineage is Kang and Reed Richards or Kang and Dr. Doom via Reed Richards' dad, who is also a time traveler. Now, I said, well, I don't like Harper as for Reed Richards myself. Um, cause that I, there's just something about it that tells me like he got this cause of the good place. And that means they're going to maybe lean into Reed Richards as like a very nerdy kind of character where I think Reed Richards has to be a lot more confident. I keep going with John David Washington. Well, if you're, gonna ra- name, if you're going to race Ben Reed Richards, make it Washington. And then you get the added bonus of getting Denzel you know what to I play. Think, Reed Richards' dad. That's you, just you me. know what I do think though. I mean, um, if Council of Ricks is a thing, which is a Council of R- Reeds. Yes, I know Council of Reeds. I mean, who's to say that um, that Krasinski doesn't isn't returning along with along with Washington, along with Harper? You know, like who who's to say that that's that's not a possibility? Because we're talking about quantum mania. You know what? You're right. Who? Wow. Wouldn't that be something if they did a Fantastic Four movie with the Council of Reeds concept. And indeed, we find out that all these rumors of people, you know, it's like, oh, Harper went in and they talked, maybe him doing Reed Richards. Oh, Diego Luna. And they were all just like, no, we're all the alternative Reeds that are going to appear. I mean, that is an idea too. Like, and and that you go, oh, this is what we're, this is, this is the doorway into, uh, into the Fantastic Four, you know. But that said, Kang being unleashed into the MCU, uh, uh, and Doom, hopefully, by the way, sorry guys, we're not going to be able to get Henry, Henry Cavill, Cavill as Doom. As Doom. <laughs> so, so much for that idea. That is, that's just me and Ed's own pipe dream. We, there, was nothing, there was nothing serious about that. It was just like, yeah, we could totally see him. We could be in the armor, like putting on the accent. Miguel yeah. turned me on to this idea. It was like, think about it. D, the DC Cinematic Universe's greatest hero ends up being the MCU's greatest villain of all time. I'm like, yes, you know that they would do it. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, if we if some of this casting is true, they are casting a wide net. But it's all right if if it's 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 a spectrum that runs from Harper. Mm-hmm. To Diego Luna, and I don't race bending aside. Those are not the same type of dudes no. in my head. 
So but neither neither are the Council of Reeds. You know, I mean, they're like all, you said, they yeah. could be all very variants of Reed, and mm-hmm. like you said, you can have Krasinski and Diego Luna and Harper, and then are whatever the mainline version is. I I I hope that this means that they're pushing that ball forward further now. Changing gears to another thing they're also pushing forward is that uh, the last thing we'll talk about is there it was another casting announcement for Marvel, another uh, Disney Plus series that they were going the to be can, pimping off. Yayin, uh, uh, Yayin Abdul-Mateen II. Who uh, is probably best known these days as the enemy of Jason Momoa's Aquaman in Black Manta. Is cast as Simon Williams. Oh, that's The Ionic nice. Avenger. <laughs> now... Already, uh, like for you who are just not who uh, the f who, is Wonder Man, no, right? You know, like the the idea of Wonder Man sounds ridiculous. But for us who have been reading comic books for for a long he's time, he's this big character in Avengers and a fun character, a fun in Avenger character. Because Simon Williams' whole thing is um, he's a character that started out as a villain that they give this heroic death to, and then they resurrected him years later, and they're kind of like, well, what do we do with him? And they were like, let's make him the superhero that's in Hollywood. Let's make him the Hollywood superhero. And that's the hook that I think has stuck and makes the most sense for him. And now we have Mateen in this part, and he's a very good performer. He's very charismatic. And again, race bending, don't give two craps about it. It's not important to Simon Williams' background. I think what's important is leaning into that thing. I am on record on this show a lot where I think that they go too heavy with comedy with MCU material, but Wonder Man, again, is one of these characters like She-Hulk or Dare- or, or Deadpool or Spider-Man where, yes, humor has to be in there. Who's, and, who's and- to, to, be, to be honest, like, um, I think for directors and writers, they don't really take this character seriously, but yet, you know, but has a a huge weight of significance to a lot of other characters. Connection to Vision. Right. Connection to... To the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. A connection to the villain, the Grim Reaper. Connections to Tony Stark. I mean... The Grim Reaper. You mean the one with the cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, okay. uh, uh, Now, full disclosure of stuff, if for some people may not know it, Simon Williams has technically already appeared in the MCU because James Gunn, (laughs) director of those Guardians of the Galaxy films, have always done these little Easter eggs in the background of Simon Williams' movies and even filmed some stuff that was supposed to appear that did not. And and cast Nathan Fillion as Simon Williams. Now, I don't know how much that is going to be canon going forward in the (laughs) MCU. I don't know if they're going to do something like I said. Well, it was very simple. You were like, like, no, Fillion plays his dad. Just say Fillion is Simon Williams Sr. Mateen is Simon Williams Jr. and he's he's a you know he's the son of of, of a B list actor or whatever and he's trying to break oh, into okay. you know right. and now is he can go in one of these movies? <laughs> why not? As Jeremy Martin, King of Stars, would say, why not? Uh, I'm fine with that. Now the other part uh, of this whole having Simon Williams, which I again they make it a comedy, make it the superhero who is like. Yes, he'll help out the Avengers, but he's got a three a he's got a three p.m. audition that he's got to go to for a series on Netflix. But, like, do something like that. The other part about that Simon Williams that is very important here is this: I feel in my bones, people, they're making the West Coast Avengers in front of yeah, our eyes. This is uh, Miguel. Miguel had this idea, and I'm like, yeah, because yeah, the I pieces saw. are all the there. Pieces are all there for an MCUized West Coast Avengers. White Vision, War Machine, White Vision, Clint, Clint, and Lady Hawk, and 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 Young Hawkeye. I think you could get War Machine 
and Ironheart, mm-hmm. Wanda and Vision, Moon Knight, Simon Williams. Yeah. This is a team. You you can do something with these guys. Clint is the leader. Um, the thing is, though, it it like the way um, marketing wise, like, do you call them the West Coast Avengers? Because I think you have to. Because down the line, I like, think well, you have. Well, what about Great Lakes Avengers? You know, like, no. well, yes, of course. Well, hey, look, they already gave Immortal Man his like the immortal like his. his he's in She Hulk, all right. Oh, so God. you can the don't be surprised if the Great Lakes Ugh. Avengers don't show up. But I think that you absolutely. I can see Kev. I already see the trailer. Mm. I can already see the trailer with like some Beach Boys music, or or David Lee Roth. California I mean, either or. Dreaming. You know, like California Dreaming. Right. You know exactly. It's like so, you know, like like you know, this is a new day, a new you know, we're you know, a brand new. We're breaking away from the past, and the except for Iron Man who is dead. Like the usual first string of West Coast Avengers, when that team comes to mind, the setup's all there. They just got to get them in one place. It's It sounds so odd because West Coast Avengers is a bit of a deep cut and not... Do we like them? Yes. I don't think that the wider... I love the, the idea. I love whenever I loved... West Coast and regular Avengers. I loved Justice League America and well, Justice League Europe and Justice League International. Here's, here's, I like when that stuff happens with the big super teams. But I, yeah. But here's I, the thing, I though. See before, before there was a West Coast Avengers, Simon was even a part of that, you know, that um, Avengers that went on the Dave Letterman show, you know. Yes. With with um, with the Beast, with McCoy. You know? Again, as, as a matter of fact, you know, like, and I, and I love pointing this out. And, you know, you've heard this before, Miguel, which is one of the last um, stories Simon Williams stories that I've read was Hank McCoy, Simon Williams. It's been years and years. Like stuff has happened. Oh, that's the Post-war. that happened during Secret Invasion, right? And then like they're just having. They just met. They just met each other at, Again. at a bar. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, Hank. Hey, Simon. What's going on? Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. You know." And then they're there. There's there's a pause. They look at each other and go, like, what, the what happened, happened to, to you? you? Right. <laughs> because they're old buddies, right? It's and old they're hand. living through, and they're, but they're comic book characters. They're comic, right. And so all of this nonsense has occurred to the point where it would be like, it would be like you and me not seeing each other for like five yeah, years. And all this stuff And then it's like, happened. and it's just like, so uh, I guess you're living ionic energy now. Yeah, right? right. And then you go, <laughs> so uh, I guess you're a mutated cat half man now. Yeah, yeah I guess that's, that's what we're doing now. But that's what was so great about that. And that is why having Simon Williams and having something that is dedicated to them, I get people, um, I hope that this doesn't preclude him from returning as Black Manta because I do think he was great and a perfect fit as Black Manta. But the question is, I don't know what phase this is going to be. If it's going to be a part of next year or the year after, you know. Because I think whatever things it is, are so packed. I think it's are so packed, but I do think it's definitely part of the lead up to what is the next yeah, Avengers yeah, yeah. project? After what the is Thunderbolts? We're right. going to be doing yeah. some other stuff with this. I so, um, yeah. That I think that's all we have to say for today's episode. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to our prognostication and analysis. We got stuff. We got stuff coming up. Uh, we got Yaddle. I yeah. got an exclusive interview with Yaddle. Explore the space. We got fire and Explore ice. Explore the space. We, got fire. we have the the House of Dragons, which I, w- I was hoping we were going to get to today, but we didn't. So, um, all right. And in and in tribute to uh, to the song. All right, all right, from- all right, R.I.P. R- 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 that uh, 
That dragon riding kid, just R.I.P. <laughs> hey, no body, no death. Okay. <laughs> no, he. He's, I know. I know. He's, I know. I know. He's, he's pretty. He's pretty, there was no. They don't have. There is no parachuting off a dragon, <laughs> especially after it's been chomped. But that's a that's a story for another time. So uh, we want to thank you everybody for listening. Keep your ears out for the, the for our next podcast. And until next time, to be continued. When you gonna come down? When you're going to land from Quantumania, <laughs> I should have seen on the farm. I should have listened to my old man. See, I'm more of a, I'm more you of a. No, you can't hold me forever. When I look back. Hey, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, the Fanboy Podcast. Thanks, Clark. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also our various platforms Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify and Google Podcast.